Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, church family. And um, it's January. And it's foggy, but it's not raining. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, man, I love worshiping with this family. Um, hopefully, uh, uh, you feel encouraged and envisioned already for a life of Jesus. But you know, many of us, we go home uh, to, to our parents' homes or grandparents, we go to our hometowns, or, or maybe this is your hometown, you stayed here over the holidays, and you get a chance to open presents and do all the Christmas stuff and all the New Year stuff, but I just want to say there's, there's really nothing like coming together with other believers and just lifting up the name of Jesus. I mean, Listen, I love Christmas and the hot cocoa and all the, all the Christmas classics and the shows, and we have Christmas music going on 24-7. My wife told us we have to cut it off in January. I started playing some yesterday, and she said, no, we, we got to be done with that. Um, and actually, she is right. I need to move on in life. Um, uh, but look, I love it as much as anybody, but I am telling you, there's actually not greater joy than worshiping Jesus. Like, it was really fun. We had a great time. I laughed a lot. But there's something that, that all the celebrations don't do when you get before him and just say, he has all my attention and all my focus. So hopefully what you're sensing this morning is where we are going in 2019. There is something new that God is doing. There is a new direction. There is a new hope. There's a new re-envisioning, if you will, for a place of worship. And so if you're a worship person or not, I just want you to know if Jesus has called you into, into relationship with him, if you've been, if you've been forgiven of your sins, saved and set free, then guess what? By default now, you are now a worshiper. So whether you want to be or not, whether you can sing or not, whether you can play or not, actually doesn't matter because he's actually called you in as a son or daughter. Now you get to now become and take on the new identity of being a worshiper, all right? And so that's how we want you to show up here every Sunday morning. This is a unique gathering. It's a place of fellowship. Come ready to worship. Come ready to sing as loud as you want. We will not pull you out of the room, all right? Thank you, Jesus. All right, well, when we planted this church in 2009, um, I didn't have a whole lot to go off of. Um, I didn't have a good ministry resume. Uh, I didn't have any staffing church experience um, I had been in uh, Baptist churches and Bible churches, and then, of course, later this time, I was at Antioch Community Church in, in, in Waco, and so I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot to go off of, and, um, and, and, but, but in the midst of all of that, what I did have to go off of was a word from the Lord. And, um, you know, when you stop and think about it, praying to God, like God of the universe, creator, holy, righteous, perfect, been around forever, like this God, just, just the idea that we have the opportunity to converse with him is kind of crazy. And when you tell people, hey, I was talking to God, they're like, you're crazy, you know, or hey, I heard God, you're a crazy person. Like, you can't do that. He's, he's out there, you know. And, 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 and what's true is, yes, he is there, but he also came near, which is what Christmas is about. It is celebrating Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, coming here in the flesh so that then we can have an opportunity to actually converse with him, to actually know him, to actually hear his thoughts about our lives, about other people's lives, about what he wants to accomplish on the earth. And when you talk and pray to God and when you sense a clear word from him, um, something can happen, which is when you hear something from God, it can actually move you like a 180 
from where you just were five minutes ago. You know, like, have you ever, have you ever kind of had a lifestyle or like a stubbornness to you about something? You know, so let's, let's just be playful. Let's say you had a stubbornness about eating vegetables, right? Your whole life, you're just like, I just don't do veggies, I don't need it, whatever, right? And so you've read all the nutritional facts, you've gone to school, mom and dad have scolded you to try to force the broccoli in your face, into your nose, just get it in you somehow, you know, it's just, you're gonna eat vegetables, you know, and everything out there, you're like, I know what everybody says, and it just, you're, you're not gonna eat it. But then all of a sudden, just one day, you're just, reading your Bible, and you come across a passage, and it's about Daniel, and he's like fasting, and it's like fruits and vegetables, and then the king's like, wow, you guys are looking healthy and good, and and all of a sudden, this revelation hits you like, vegetables are actually really good for you, And, and the Lord's like, yeah, like, it's right here in the Word, you see, and you're like, oh, boom, you go, and you tell your wife, babe, let's do veggies, she's like, what just happened to you, you know? No one convinced you, but God convinced you, right? That's why I love hearing from God. Because he's actually way more convincing than any of us are. Right? You you can, your whole life can just be, oh, I'm just going to, this is just the way I am. And then, boom, one word, you're just like, okay, yes, sir. Right? And that's why I love getting underneath him. That's why we have to love and be excited about hearing from him. Because when we hear from him, you know he only has good things for you. And when you hear a word, man, it just turns you. It just changes you. So here we are in, in, in 2008, and we were invited in to consider planting a church in Bryan College Station. And again, I didn't have much to stand on. I didn't have much experience, and actually I was quite fearful of it. Um, as, as I usually tell the story, I went on a four-month journey of trying to disqualify myself. Uh, really, I, I don't say that jokingly. I, I was pretty determined to wiggle my way out of this invitation because I didn't want to do it. I, I did not want to go plant a church. I did not. I wanted to be in business, and I wanted to do that deal, and I would be a faithful church member, and I would, and I would be the best life group, leader, life group leader ever and just do that for the rest of my days and feel really content, you know? And that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Keyword, I wanted. <laughs> um. But you know what I want is not always what God wants, right? Remember, it's not God aligning with my desires. It's me aligning with God's desires. We get that flip-flop sometimes when we read scriptures and we kind of twist it around and think that it's all about him answering the desires of our heart. It's actually us answering the desires of his heart. And when we do that, then all of a sudden, our desires are his desires. And so then now they're aligned. They're like, oh, well, this is actually what God wants. And so there we were, and, and um, you know, I had, had all this doubt, all this uncertainty, all these all these question marks. But in the end, they were overshadowed by one word, one word from God. Now, to this day, I have not had a more clear word that I feel like I've gotten in my life than what I got this one particular day in the spring of 2008. I was outside my house and praying, and we had gone through a long journey of seeking counsel and wisdom from people and asking friends and fasting. We had prayed. We had read scriptures. We had done anything we had known to do to try to get a really clear answer on what to do. And really, it was kind of on me because Ashley was like on board. And I was, I was the person saying, hey, I don't want to be a part of this. But you know, one clear word changed everything. And so I was outside and, and I was praying one morning and I had my eyes closed. And when my eyes were closed, all of a sudden, this, this, this vision came in front of me. And it was a burning bush. 
and it was a burning bush, and it was the Lord, and I knew it was the Lord, and he was speaking to me. And this is what he said. He said, Tyler, I'm asking you to lead my people. And immediately, of course, my thoughts go to, hey, I've heard this before, right? Um, uh, Moses and the burning bush. And if you know, in, in, in Exodus chapter 3 and 4, Moses is watching a flock of sheep, and the Lord shows up in a burning bush and speaks to him about an assignment he has for him. And that assignment is to go back into Egypt and to go rescue his people to demand the release from Pharaoh of his people and to lead them into the promised land, the land of Canaan, the promised land that God was promising his people to establish them. And in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 and 12, as Moses is now dialoguing back with God in the similar way that I was, trying to actually wiggle out of it, trying to actually disqualify himself from this assignment, it says this, but Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf? or seeing, or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Now, without me even saying it in my processing with God, he knew. He knew what I was trying to disqualify myself from, which was doing what I'm doing right now, preaching. He knew that my main hesitation was actually talking in public, right? Public speaking, everyone, it's like everyone's greatest fear, right? And let me just say, most things in life you'll be fearful of until you engage them and overcome them. Actually, a lot of people can be trained how to do public speaking. Many of you can get up and do what I'm doing right now. If you will press into faith and say, God, I need you to equip me, overcome my fears, all the discouragements, all the things, and then you can actually learn to do many things in life. But what holds back a lot of times is that fear piece. I was fearful. And the Lord spoke into this place of fear. And as I'm having this vision with the Lord, he says, Tyler, I'm asking you to lead my people. And as I'm going back through this story with Moses, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, the excuses I have are the same he's having. And in the end, the Lord said, fine, I will find Aaron because he's really good at talking and I'll bring him alongside you to go with you. And what the Lord said to me was, Tyler, are you going to do it? Or do we need to find someone like Aaron to do it for you? And in that moment, that was it. That was the five-second exchange that I said, I cannot say no to God. If I say no to God, I will regret that the rest of my life. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'm in. <laughs> Let's go. I still have lots of questions. I still have many doubts. I still don't know how much to stand upon. There is no following in Bryan College Station. Nobody knows who we are. All my friends from college had left except for a few. And so, but we're gonna go to this town and go start a church. So we said yes. I share that with you because although that was a very impactful, powerful word in my life that got me to hear, every single one of us have the opportunity to hear from the living God to hear him, if you will seek him. Did I want that answer in January? Absolutely, but I got it in April. Now, I only had to go four months. Some people gotta go years, or some just gotta go a day. Sometimes it's a three-day fast, and sometimes it's a 21-day fast, and sometimes it's not fasting at all, and it comes in a dream, and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? But there is a place of us hungering and seeking out to hear from 
God. And so for us, we really wanted to seek God about, two, about 2019. Say, God, what do you have for us as a church? Because we want, we want a clear word from you because we believe that'll give us clear direction and that'll totally change what other, what, whatever ideas and plans we had about how to do great church, healthy church, how to be who we are. We want to hear from you, Lord. And so we have lots of strategies and plans and we come up with stuff and I love whiteboarding things and that's all great. But ultimately, if God gives us a clear word, then all of a sudden that becomes a centerpiece on the whiteboard. We say, great, now how are we gonna accomplish that? So the next four weeks, we're gonna unpack for you this word that God's giving us for 2019 and how we as a church are going to be going about it. And so the elder team and, and, and our staff and others have kind of contributed different pieces and prayed and asked God and sought the scriptures and said, okay, Lord, what do you speak in? And we feel like the Lord kind of clearly narrowed us down into this passage in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I want to read it again. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, as we look at this word for us, we're believing that what God is calling us to is to be living stones, that we're going to emphasize this living stones words here in 2019. There's many things that, that'll be coming with that over the following weeks, but I wanted to just share a couple of things today. And, and the first one is this, is that, is that this idea of living stones, it is a establishing and going word. It's an establishing and a going. Because you have to establish, and from a place of something being established, then it allows you to launch out, to then, to then go. It's a call to be shaped, to be refined, to firmly put in to, to, for us to make our place here in Bryan College Station, to truly be planted here for the long term, unwavering in our mission and our values that we see in the scriptures, and to increase in the mobilization of people to the four corners of the earth, to increase the sending of people across America. This idea of establishing and going. And you know, Chris is just sharing about world mandate. World mandate has been something that's been part of my life since 2004, and there has been something that has always resonated. Every time I leave, there's something that I, it's like, you know, you, you know when you feel like you're, you're, you're really doing well in your walk with God? You're like, man, I am clicking on all cylinders. I've really got great revelation. These scriptures are coming alive. Man, that life group is great. This personal devotion, man, that is awesome, right? And then you go to something like this where tons of people have gathered, many even have prayed and fasted before they show up because they're hungry, because they're saying, God, I want something, I want you to do something to me in the next 36 hours, and you show up, and all of a sudden it's just like boom, 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 like left hook, right hook. I mean, it's just, you're just like, whoa, and you walk out of there and you're questioning your salvation again, you know, in, in a sense. You're like, wow, have I really been even loving Jesus, you know? And I remember one of these speakers, Jim Yost, who's spoken for several years. He spoke last year. And man, I, it's the first time in my life I've heard a missionary talk that I was like, wow, this guy is on another grid. And, 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 
And it's not because he's a great communicator. He's actually not a great communicator. He's not. But, but you, you know what Jim is? Jim is one of the people that I've, that I've come to, to look up to and as a hero in the faith say, he's the real deal. I mean, if you even begin to unpack just six months of his story, you all of a sudden are just like, wow, I got room to grow. He has sacrificed everything. He has given, he is the epitome of sacrificing everything under God. He doesn't even want to leave the country he's a missionary to. He usually comes back once a year at World Mandate. He literally doesn't want to leave, and he leaves like on a plane Sunday night and heads back. He's so committed to the call of God on his life. He's so committed. His whole family, he is, and I remember listening to him share, and I'm thinking, wow, Lord, there is a whole other level of joy that I do not know. There is a joy in suffering. There is a delight in you. There's a commitment to people, and he's just motivated me, and I always walk out of the thing, and Lord, you know, I, I, and, and I just want you to know, whenever you hear someone share a powerful story, don't walk away condemned or guilty. Walk away convicted. I mean, walk away convicted, because that's actually good. We need conviction. There's no condemnation in Christ. But there's conviction to say, Lord, what are we gonna do about it? So this word of, of, of living stones, we're asking the question as a leadership team, and I'm asking you to ask the question as people, as, as family members, what does it look like for me to actually engage in this word to literally be a living stone in 2019. Now, before we unpack a little bit more, I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 3, the verses leading up to this, because there's actually a clear first step to becoming living stones type people. It says, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, when he says put away, this is not put away for safekeeping, right? This is put away, throw it into the ocean, put away, cast it into the bonfire. This is put it away, put it so far away, get it out of your presence, get it out of your home, get it out of your marketplace, get it out of your life. Don't let even people hint the fact that that is associated with you. Right, malice, another word for malice is wickedness. (laughs) Just anything that is wicked, anything that just smells like, it's like, that's just evil. Anything that could be even misconstrued as wickedness or evil is saying, put it away, church. Deceit, that is is misleading people, misleading them, usually with ill motives, with ill intent. It's, 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 It's an idea of saying, I'm going to do one thing to then cause deception, and we don't want to be a part of that. He says, put away hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Wouldn't you love the day when people think of hypocrisy and they don't associate it with Christianity? Oh, come on. Shouldn't that be motivating? Shouldn't that be, it's like, hey, there's a goal you can hang your hat on. It will not be named among me that I will be named a hypocrite at all. I will be salt and light. I will be clear. I will be integrous, public and private. Hypocrisy will have no association with the church. I mean, what if 10 years from now, all of a sudden in America, people are like, yeah, that's not even, people don't even label the church like that anymore. We're doing surveys. They're like, that's not even on the list anymore. It's not even an option. He's saying, put away hypocrisy. Envy, ooh, envy. This is probably the one that most of us struggle with the most. Envy, right? It's, a little disgruntled at someone else's good. 
They, they got a raise, I didn't. They got a promotion, I didn't. They made an A, I made a B. They're dating, I'm still single. They're married, I'm not. They have two kids, I only have one. Their house is larger, mine's smaller. Their car's new, their car works, right? I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is where it goes. It, envy, right? I mean, envy, this is what marketing is. That is what advertising is. If you're in advertising, go and redeem advertising. I don't know how, but the Holy Spirit will give you an idea how to do it, okay? But envy, guys, envy, it is, ooh, I want what you have. I want what you have in things and people and relationships and power and connections. Ooh, I want that. It's envy. Oh, and it's just, he's saying, put it away. He's putting the same category with malice and hypocrisy and deceit. Envy's just as bad. It's in the naughty list, okay? And the fifth one, it says slander. Slander. Ooh, another tough one. You can say gossip, right? And guys, I will say this is difficult to do because we are people that want to be open and honest, and especially in the context of relationships and discipleship and marriage, we have to be able to share what's really going on without trying to slander someone else's name. We have to be able to share something in confidence and know that that person's not going to judge me, but they're here to help me, and know that they're not going to now see that person in life the next week and now judge them because there, there has to be a safe place to share things that are not being shared for the sake of trying to hurt someone else. They're being shared for the sake of you getting help, right? When you, when you are vulnerable, you are sharing so that you can get help, not to uncover someone else. Do you understand? That, 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 that gets confused a lot. It's like, well, I'm just being honest. Well, yeah, it was really hurtful, <laughs> right? But slander, I mean, slander happens. I mean, my gosh, our country is like, they, 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 it's, like it's like the news outlets feed on it. I mean, uh, get into politics and redeem that, right? I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. It's in business. It's, it's everywhere. We've got to be people saying, no, no, we will honor We'll choose to honor, and it's hard. I'm not saying this. Is, I'm not saying these things are easy, but Peter's saying, "Hey, put them away. <laughs> put them away." And really, that is step one to becoming living stone. Yes, you got to put this stuff away, <laughs> but then he says, "Grow up. Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation." Did you know that when 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 a baby nurses, they actually receive when they receive the mother's milk, it provides. The perfect mix of vitamins, protein, and fat. It literally is like the perfect concoction. There is no food that man or woman has been able to create. I guess women actually create it, but um, <laughs> scientists, nutritionists, all right. There is no food we can then manufacture that rivals that pure milk. It, it is just proven. And what's great is that not only does it help grow the baby, it actually defends the baby, Right? It even contains antibodies that help your baby fight off viruses and bacteria, which is why when a mom is sick, all of a sudden that milk gets produced and it includes other things that then actually helps the baby fend off the same sickness. Wow, the wisdom of God, <laughs> right? It's like we don't even have medicine for that. It's like it's, it's the milk. That is how God's made it. And so and so Peter's describing this idea of we're supposed to long for that thing that is not only nutritionist that will actually help us grow, but actually defend us. What is he talking about? He's talking about the word of God, to really long for it, to crave for it, to hunger for it. Then he says, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is good. You know, when we nourish ourselves in the word of God, 
then you see the goodness of the Lord, not only in salvation, but in this relationship. This goes back to hearing God. It's talking to him. It's journaling. It's writing. It's saying, God, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I want to know your thoughts. God, I want, I need you to help me. I need, I want, I want to walk with you. It's, it's, it's about putting the scripture inside of you so that in situations that arise, what your reaction is, is not a worldly reaction, but it is a biblical reaction. That's what we want as a people. It's the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And you know, as we put away everything that doesn't honor God, that, that, that list of five and and, and, and as we desire to hunger for the truth, to, to long for that spiritual milk, as we do that, as we grow up, we experience the goodness of God. And I would argue that, that goodness continues for a lifetime, that that goodness continues for a lifetime. But, you know, there's, there's a whole other piece to this. It's not just about putting away things and then hungering for the word of God. Those are essential. But there's actually another piece to this as we get into this living stones idea. In 1 Peter 2, 4, it says, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. It says, as you come to him. As you come to him. And, and he actually is the living stone, right? And so let me give you a little bit of living stone symbolism. In Psalm 118, 22, it says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. That's talking about Jesus. In Isaiah 28, 16, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste. Meaning, whoever believes will not be in haste, meaning you will not anxiously try to find your identity and security in life because it'll be secure on the foundation of Christ. You actually don't have to wonder what your purpose is because your purpose is connected Back to him, the cornerstone, this precious, sure foundation. Did you know that a cornerstone sets the foundation and squares the building? In construction, literally, that's what it does. The cornerstone sets the foundation, and it squares the building. It establishes the base structure so that the, the, the walls can go up. And when the walls go up and the base is there, the base actually serves the entire structure. Now, as you come to him, as you come to him, a living stone, we have to remember that Jesus was chosen for a specific purpose, right? It says that he was chosen in God's sight and he was precious. He was, he was chosen. His, his, his arrival in the course of history, which I, I love the fact that God chose to send his son during the height of the Roman Empire, right? Like the most dominating force the world has ever known, the Roman Empire, everything that was going on, all the pagan temples, all the crazy stuff that was happening, all the, all the sin that was happening across the world, and all of a sudden he chooses to put his son Jesus right in the thick of it. He could have come when everything was peachy. <laughs> he didn't. God said, no, I will go into the chaos, which is why as Christians, when we talk about the Great Commission, we're called to go into the chaos, not just into the peaceful zones, because those peaceful zones won't exist unless someone goes into chaos to then bring peace. You know, Jesus would just be a stone, he would just be a stone if he had died on the cross and never been raised back to life. He would just be a stone, a good stone, a nice stone. He wouldn't be a living stone. You're not a living stone unless you're resurrected. Unless you've been resurrected. You're, 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 you're not a living stone if you just follow the rules. You're a living stone if you've been resurrected by the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're a living stone when you're connected to him, the living cornerstone. 
Do you see as you, as you come to him, um, if he's the cornerstone, then actually that means you have to be cut and shaped and chiseled to fit him, right? Like if he's the cornerstone and he's this thick by this, you actually then have to come in alignment with him. Like you can't really build a building if the stone's off, right? Now I'm not a stone guy. We got some folks in our church that own a stone quarry. They got all these big machines that cut all this stone and it's like precise cutting, right? Now I know that they're not out there by hand anymore, but they used to be doing that back in the old days. And it took a lot of work to cut this limestone. And it took a lot, of, a lot of detail and a lot of man hours to actually get each stone cut precisely when it could be there. But there's a lot of chiseling and a lot of shaping, right? And a lot of painstaking work to get there. Which, by the way, that is what God is doing to us to shape us. He is the one that is molding, that is shaping, that is chiseling. And you know what? For the rock, it kind of hurts a little bit sometimes. Which is why pain is not always a bad thing. Pain can be really good, actually, because it shapes you. It molds you into what he's calling you to be. And that shaping, guys, is for our good. But that shaping only happens when you come to him. See, to be a living stone, it starts with you coming to him. You have to come to him. You have to know what he is shaped like, how he is cut, what, how you fit in with his plan, how you fit in with him. You have to know. It's not, Jesus, I would like to give you a few things I'd like to do in life, and maybe some of the things you're doing can align with some of the things I'm doing, and we can work together, and I'll, I'll play the game. Um, that's not how it works. It's Jesus, I'll come, and I know if I'm not precisely kind of shaping and aligning with you, I'm not going to fit in this wall. And, and by the way, there's, there's millions, hundreds of millions of people that actually you are trying to fit into this wall, and each one of them need real detail. Each, each one of them needs you to be present, which is why he sent the Holy Spirit to then be present, to shape, to convict, to sharpen, to change, to actually get us in alignment with him. Because the Spirit of God can be everywhere all the time. And so he's able to shape everyone in this room. You have the opportunity to be shaped by him, but it's only if you come to him. If you disengage, you say, no, 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 I don't want all that, and you reject that. It doesn't mean he's not still coming for you, just so you know. It just means it's gonna go a little worse for you. Because I'd much rather come to the king and say, have your way, than resist him. I mean, look, if Jonah just would have said, I'll go to Nineveh, he wouldn't have had to hang out in the fish for a few days. He still got to Nineveh, but it's a little nasty. A little more pain, right? But, but you see, God is inviting us in to say, just come to me. Oh, I'm a good shepherd. Just come to me. I have good things for you. Don't run from me. Don't turn away from me. Come to me, and I will help shape you to become a living Stone, and this is not a stone temple, guys, like we would think in the Old Testament. It's not a building, it's not building a monument just to remember God by. Jesus is gathering people who were once dead and now are alive, who were just stones, but now are becoming living stones, only because they're connected to him. And what is he talking about? He's talking about the church. <laughs> the church, a place for God to dwell. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? In Ephesians 2, 19-22, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens. Ooh, that's good news. You're no longer strangers and aliens, but what? You are fellow citizens with the saints Ooh. and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God 
by the Spirit. So by the Holy Spirit, you then are being shaped and chiseled and put into the wall to be this holy temple called the church, called the New Testament gathering, which, by the way, isn't just Brian Call Station. It's across the earth. Anyone who call upon the name of Jesus says, guess what? They're now on the wall. Isn't that cool? You have brothers and sisters in Christ who look nothing like you, who don't speak your language, and live in totally different circumstances that are actually in the wall. Potentially could be the next stone next to you. You're like, hey, buddy. Hey, whoa, where are you from? Wow. Like, one day, you're going to actually get to stand with them as living stones in heaven, seeing the glory of God revealed, and you're like, to my right and your left, like, hey, man, when did you become a living stone? 85. Awesome. When did you become a living stone? Uh, 1,400. Wow. What about you? You know, 80. I mean, you're singing, wow, like, the history, like, what is God doing? He is reaching in. He is building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Because he's a living stone. And the devil tried to prevail and he lost. Right? Jesus would have just been a dead stone, but he's not. He's alive and he's living and he's active and he's calling us as a people in 2019 to get in alignment with him in every way. To get in alignment with him, to be a people that actually be established and then to go and to continue that cycle. It's not you just do one and then the next 20 years you do the other. It's always, it's always the same. I'm establishing and going everywhere I go. I'm making disciples and I'm sending people out and I'm meeting someone new. I'm establishing and going. I'm, I'm, I'm not just learning new things, I'm actually going over old things and reestablishing all the spiritual disciplines in my life again and saying I need to do this. Prayer hasn't been part of my life. Great, let's start doing that. Fasting's not part of my life. Let's start doing that. Being honest isn't part of my life. Let's start doing that. That's what it looks like to get in alignment with the living stone because he's saying this is the the way to live, and so now we're going to start, start living that way as a church body. We're going to live this way, establish a foundation, so that we can actually start going and growing and start reaching out to people and say, hey, who else out there, God, are you wanting to say you want to get connected into this family to be part of the wall? Who else? That guy over there, he looks way lost. Great, I'm going. This worker over here, this co-worker who's real angry, he's always spewed uh, slander at me and stuff, that guy, really? Okay, let me pray another day. Uh, and, and let me get some courage. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, let me get some courage here. And now in faith, say, okay, man, hey, Jesus loves you. You never know. But when you're connected to the living stone, he tells you. He gives you some hints, you know. You don't just shoot aimlessly. He actually starts giving you clues to people. You see that guy? Look at his eyes. He's empty. <laughs> he wants something. He doesn't know what he wants, though. You see that girl? You know that family member? There's an emptiness there. Would you let me come and fill them? But I want you to share the message. That's why we are connected to him. His mission, his plans go through us. I want to invite the band up as we wrap up. Let's go and stand as we close. And our prayer team make their way up here quickly. We're going to be unpacking more of this the next few weeks. But I, I wanted to start out today here the first Sunday of the new year with us knowing that we are, um, that the way that we start out to become living stones, to become like him, is to come to him. And so I don't know what your year's been like. Your year may have been great, and your holidays may have been terrible. <laughs> it all could have been good, it all could have been terrible. I don't really know. <laughs> but what I want to say is that there's only one person that can make it right. You have to come to him. You have to come to Jesus. So if you're here this morning and you don't know him, I want to give you an opportunity to come to him, maybe for the first time. Or maybe you used to know him when you were younger and you've 
rejected him, you've gone your own way, and you're saying, wow, I've totally lived out of alignment. I've done my own thing, and I'm totally crooked, and I, I need to be brought in alignment with him again. At that issue this morning, I just want to give you a chance, just a moment, just to receive Jesus, maybe for the first time, or to renew a commitment with him. And for others in the room, if you're already walking with him, I just, I, I just want to admonish us and encourage us again to make him the priority. There's a little spot in my house in our study where I go sit in this couch most mornings and I sit there and just stare out the window at the trees and my Bible and my journal and just try to talk with God and just connect with him and read and just to feed on the word. And some mornings are better than others, but I, I, I want to be there with him. I want to come to him. And there's something to be said for just us being committed to faithfully pursuing him. He's already pursuing us, but he's looking for us to respond. So this morning, I just want you to respond. I want you to respond. If there's just a place and you say, man, I want someone to pray for me, just encourage me, just to put that fresh fire in me again and say, yes, I want to come to Jesus. I want to start out my devotional life again. I want to really express myself, uh, express my love to him and worship again, whatever it may look like. I want to invite you. Let one of these guys pray for you. Everything's confidential. They're just here to love on you and encourage you. And if you're here this morning again, you just want Jesus in your heart again, I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. And if you end up praying with us, I would just encourage you to come on up. Just come tell someone up here, hey, I just received Christ for the first time. We want to celebrate with you. We want to walk with you. We want to, we want to help you out just the next steps, but we want you to come into the fold. If you're saying, I want to be in that wall, I want to be with the cornerstone, <laughs> this is your moment. So if that's you this morning, just repeat after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, I believe that you rose from the grave to defeat death and defeat sins for all time. And I believe that you're alive. And Jesus, would you come and live inside my heart? I want you to come in and take over my life. I'm tired of living, doing things my own way. I want to do things your way. So Jesus, would you come in and be Lord of my life? Teach me how to know you, how to walk with you, how to love you, how to follow you. In Jesus' name. Just pray that prayer and encourage you to come on up. Again, church family, just if you need anything this morning, come on up. Let someone pray for you and encourage you.